the school should not implement their values or the teacher who's teaching it should not implement their values when they're teaching certain money concepts. So I always tell parents one thing before even teaching kids about money, think about your values because that will impact how we invest our money, how we spend our money. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here. And on behalf of Julie Lamb, I'm excited to welcome you to another episode of the Life and Money Show. Today, we have a really special guest, Maya Korbeck. She is a CPA, a mom, and the founder of the Wealthy Kids Investment Club. And yes, it's exactly what it sounds like she teaches kids and their families about investing and financial literacy, which as all of you know, is a huge passion of Julie's and mine as well. We talk about it all the time, how we're helping our kids to learn more about everything that we're doing to set them up for financial success in life. Because as you know, money is such a big part of life. It's so pervasive in all the different parts of our lives, whether we know it or not. And in this in this show, Maya talks a lot about how she's teaching not only her kids about money, but has created this entire program. She and I were talking before we started recording about how our respective kids, we think that they're not listening sometimes when we're talking about money, but often they're like sponges. You know, I remember a few months ago, my older son, who's 10 now, some of you may remember back a few months ago, we had opened up this hotel offering, an opportunity to invest alongside us in two hotels in Indiana, which we're still actively working on closing and things are moving along there. But we we have not talked to him about this particular investment. We talked to him about other types of real estate before, but you know, we just have dinner table conversations here and there about it. And one day we're driving in the car, he's sitting in the back seat, and out of nowhere, he goes, Hey, mom, can I invest in that uh, hotel deal? I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you knew that we had a hotel deal. And then so I proceeded to tell him about it. And I was like, well, it's these two hotels. Here are the brands of the hotels. Here's where they are. Here's the opportunity. Here's why we like them. And he stops me and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all that already. Isn't that crazy? He was just listening behind the scenes. He's, you know, stealth, right? He's just listening. And my husband and I are going on or Julie and I are talking about these different opportunities. Maybe he's overhearing on the Zoom calls, but kids, they pick up a lot of different things. And I think we were talking to Adam Carroll a few episodes ago as well about how when he started speaking to I think it was high school and college audiences, he wasn't speaking about money, but the questions that he would get at the end from kids were often about money. So it's something that maybe kids, and this is something that Maya talks about on the show, is that unfortunately, often schools are not teaching kids these money lessons and financial literacy, but it's not like kids aren't thinking about it. Kids see how important money is to life and they're often thinking about it, often trying to figure out how to make their own money, what to do with that money. And as Maya talks about on the show, figuring out their own values and their own morals and their own goals as it comes to, as it relates 
to money. And so in this show, Maya shares not only everything she's doing now related to teaching kids and families about money and financial literacy, but also her background. She has such an incredible story. She came to Canada, I learned, as an immigrant and didn't start out with much. And in fact, some early struggles and really built upon that foundation and figured out what she wanted in life and was able to pay off debts at a rapid pace together with her husband from there went into, well, what do I want to do next? And realized that her kids were not maybe getting the money lessons she was hoping that they would get in school. And so really pivoted to focus on that. And I know it's a huge passion of Maya's and ours as well to help spread the message of financial literacy so that more kids and adults can become financially savvy and do more of what they love. And what an amazing world it would be if everybody could do what they're passionate about. It would really, I think, it would change the world. Well, with that, before we dive into our conversation with Maya, for anybody who's listening, who is looking to get into investing, particularly real estate investing, but maybe you don't want to deal with all the hassles of being a landlord. Well, that's exactly what we discovered for ourselves and what we focus on now through our company, Good Egg Investments. And so if you're looking to learn more about these group investments, real estate syndications, we've got a great resource for you. It's our book. It's called Investing for Good because it talks not only about why invest in real estate, but also the impact that these investments have in local communities. To get your free hardcover copy, just go to goodeginvestments.com slash book. All right. With that, let's dive into our conversation with Maya Korbick. Maya, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to have you here. Now, Maya, on top of being a CPA and a mom, I know you've been teaching kids financial literacy for the past decade, and you've been empowering and inspiring parents to raise children to become financially independent adults, all of which are very much in line with what Julie and I are passionate about as well. Now, on top of that, I know that you have an incredibly inspiring story of growth, success, and impact, surviving against all odds to fight for what you believe in and to help pave the way for others as well. So before we get into all the amazing things you're doing these days, start by taking us back earlier in your story to some of the early challenges you experienced in life. Yeah, so I actually immigrated with my family when I was 15 years old from war-torn Bosnia. So we had nothing. We lost everything in the war. We immigrated with $50 in two suitcases. And it was really challenging, obviously, not speaking English, different culture. It definitely was a culture shock. We lived in government housing. We lived in shelters. My parents took them a long time to find jobs. And so as a teenager, I had to figure out my own way to get my hands on money if I wanted to buy even things like shampoo or any clothes or anything like that, right? To this day, I don't have yearbooks from... I I think I only have one yearbook from my high school because I couldn't afford one. Mm -hmm. And I didn't bother asking my parents to buy me one. I think the situation that I was in at the time, it just inspired me to work harder and 
I never really thought about the situation I was in. It was more that I was focused on what's out there for me. And I really firmly believe that's out there for every one of us, right? So I focused on that. I went the typical routes that my parents suggested. You go to school, get good grades, get into the best university, get good grades, get a good job. So I did all that and it was great. I became a CPA and I think the fact that I followed that and the fact that I was able to get into a profession where I learned about money, it also helped me have higher income than probably somebody like, like I guess, average person. And that helped kickstart my financial journey. So my husband and I, when we first got married, we were in $60,000 of debt, like student loans, car loans. Like I needed a car in order to become an auditor. And so we had these loans and then we had mortgage on top of that. But because of my financial background, I was able to put us on a plan where we paid off that debt very quickly and we paid off our mortgage. We were mortgage-free and it was kind of like, okay, what's next? And then at that time, we also had our kids and I thought, okay, let me just think, let me find out what are they going to learn in school about finances? Because I realized that was really important. And obviously money is not everything in life, but it helps us live more fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized- the schools would teach them all about money because it's so important, right? Right. And that's when I realized this was more than 10 years ago. That's when I actually Mm -hmm. looked at the curriculum and I realized they were not going to learn much. And at that point in time, I was financially- And I was looking for something to do to contribute. And that's kind of how my business was born. And I started teaching kids about money and helping parents teach kids about money. Wow. What a story. And when you immigrated to the US, where in the States were you? I was actually in Canada. That's right. To Canada. Yeah. Toronto, Canada. Canada. Yeah. It's very similar to, I guess, how it is like immigrating in US. Like it's the same kind of experience, right? Yeah. It reminds me of, so I immigrated to the States with my family as well when I was four. And so a little bit different age and stage than when you immigrated and different circumstances. But yeah, I remember even at that young age, the culture shock. And we didn't have very much money either at the time and having to just learn the new ways of how things were done here. And thankfully, it was more or less in my memory, a fairly easy integration, but I'm sure I was young. So I'm sure it was much different given your circumstances and at 15. And I know your kids are currently, I believe they're 16 and 14, right? So for life now... Versus your life at 15. Oh my gosh. So different. I frequently try to remind them. I just have to do a gentle reminders, but just kind of like, you know what, guys, you have so much. You're so lucky because there are kids out there who are constantly immigrating or even kids who are born in North America. doesn't matter, Canada, U.S., who don't have as much. So I think it's important to teach our kids to be grateful and instill that sense of being thankful for what they have. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely want to get into what you did to build up the financial literacy for your kids and other kids as well. But before we do that, you mentioned something paying off at an astounding speed. Dig into that a little bit further for us. If there's a listener out there who's maybe in that position where they are looking to get out of debt too, how did you get started and what would, advice would you give them? Yes. Yeah, so when we first got married, my husband is okay with me saying this. I kind of 
clarify this, but literally we had $60,000 of debt. And out of that, $20,000 related to my school loans. $10,000 or a little bit more was my car, which I had to get because it was part of my job requirement. So that was $30,000 of my debt. $30,000 of his debt had to do with partying. And having a good time. And he's okay with me saying that because he lived his life. He had a great time. And then after that, it was time to buckle down. And he had all these different loans and lines of credit and whatnot. And I remember we decided, I know everybody decides what works best for them when it comes to couples, but we decided to consolidate our finances, especially because we had nothing to begin with, right? So we had one bank account and we said, okay, we're going to work together. But being an accountant, and I'm actually a very naturally organized person, I was looking at all these loans and I was like, there's a loan here, there's a loan there. Like, I don't even know what's going on. And I just, for my own clarity, I thought it would be best to consolidate everything. And I think even at that time, being an immigrant, because we're talking six years or seven years after I landed in this country, it was kind of like, okay, I don't really know what consolidation is because also I come from a communist country, right? Like monetary system is completely different. So I don't know about consolidating loans. All I know is that we need to make sense out of this. Like, I don't know what's being paid, what's not being paid, how long it's going to take us to pay this off. So we went to the bank and I actually added up everything that we owed. And I was like, okay, this is the total amount. We went to the bank and we got a consolidation loan. So we paid off all these little loans. We had this one big chunker loan and it was kind of like, okay, what's the minimum payment on this? Can we do more than that? And then we just focus on like doing more every month. And it would be even things like, oh, we don't need the chandelier anymore because whatever, let's sell that on Kijiji or at that time there was no Facebook marketplace. I think it was eBay or whatever. So just to find money to like, put towards this debt. And we paid it off pretty quickly. And I think also what helped was we were focused on getting skills and education to get better jobs. So when I got out of university, I wasn't a CPA right away. I had to find a job with a firm and I had to study and get my CPA designation. So as I did all that, my salary increased, which helped because every time my salary increased, we didn't let that lifestyle creep happened because yeah, I could have gotten a nicer car, but I didn't. I drove the car that I drove. My goal was to use the funds that I had to just pay off that these debts that I felt like they were like chains pulling us down. Once we did that, it was almost like as a couple, it felt so liberating, refreshing. We felt stronger as a couple because we were working together towards a common goal. And then it was like, okay, what are we going to tackle next? Oh, let's do our mortgage. So we ended up going to our bank and we negotiated that they take out our mortgage every week, which helps at the end, like with the interest, we pay less interest. And then we basically looked at our contract to see how much extra we could contribute every year. And the same thing that we applied towards paying off our debt, we kind of applied towards the mortgage. It was like, okay, how much more can we put just to get rid of that mortgage? I was 32 and we were debt free. And I remember being at a job and... I was with an accounting firm and anybody who's worked in a law firm, accounting firm, they know it's a sweatshop. And I was there for eight years. And prior to that, I was at a smaller firm for two years. I had two small kids, like they were waking me up at night and I had to go to work and it was just exhausting. And I thought, 
I don't really need to work anymore. Like, I, why am I here? I want to do something meaningful with my life. I want, not that I didn't like my job, but it was kind of like my life situation and everything was different. I was like, what do I want to do? What kind of difference do I want to make in life of others and in my own life? And that's kind of how my company was born. But it was just liberating to get to that point. Yeah, that is incredible how you and your husband rallied together. First of all, not a lot of couples are able to even get to that point where they're on the same page and they're like, this is what we're going to do together. And not only got to that point, but you worked day in and day out and got really creative, it sounds like, to figure out, okay, how can we do more? How can we accelerate this? And that's amazing that you were able to not only pay off all of your the bad debt, but also the mortgage as well in such a short amount of time. Time. And so yeah. I was just going to say, I think this is one thing that I think helped me, my husband grow strong as a couple and going forward. If I want my husband to do something, or if we're in like, there are times that like we've been married for 18 years now, I think, but there are times when we're, I realize we're rowing in separate directions. We don't have the same goal. I know that's the time to kind of hunker down and be like, okay, what do you want? What do I want? Why is this different? How can we consolidate our goals and can we work together? And I know, and it's so funny, we're both very um, competitive. So if we put a goal out there and it's like, if we know this is our goal, we work so hard together. It's just exhilarating to be part of this like two people team (laughs) to tackle something that we want. Absolutely. It reminds me a lot of me and my husband as well. We like that friendly competition, but yeah, when you sit down and you create those shared goals, do you have like, I know some couples have like monthly like date night where they're planning or they're talking about the state of affairs. And do you like, when you notice that maybe you're getting pulled in different directions, how does that conversation happen? Are you just like, Hey, I've noticed this and let's sit down, find a time and dig deeper. Yeah, we don't have anything scheduled regularly. I have to say, I know, and usually it's me who brings up the conversation. Maybe it's the women's intuition or like, we kind of like feel that, like we're not on the same page. I mean, maybe some men out there are like that too. My husband and I, we love going on daily walks together just to kind of clear Mm -hmm. our head and just Mm -hmm. kind of talk about, okay, what happened in your day? What happened in my day? It doesn't happen all the time now that the kids are older and busier, but I know that actually a lot of these conversations happen on those walks Mm -hmm. when I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, you know what? I have noticed that you're doing this and this and this, but I'm doing this and this and this. And we said long time ago, like two years ago, we said that at this point in time, this is kind of where we saw ourselves to be and we're not there and we're going into different directions. Why? And it's so funny. Like sometimes with these conversations, when you start probing and asking questions, I feel that maybe the other person doesn't even know they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like my husband, a few times I would be like, why are you doing this? Like just gentle conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, he didn't even realize I was doing that. I'm like, are you scared? of this? Does this intimidate you? What does your gut tell you? What is happening? So it's almost like me asking those questions made him reflect upon what Mm -hmm. he was feeling and thinking because he wasn't even aware of what he was feeling and thinking. And then we had time to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
<laughs> and so I assume it was on one of these conversations that maybe you started to dig into kids and financial literacy and potentially focusing on this. And so tell us a little bit about that. So you discovered when your kids were young, they weren't being taught the money lessons you were hoping they would be taught in school. And so tell us, how did you, I mean, it seems like for many of us parents, it's such a daunting thing, right? It's like, well, maybe I don't even know what to teach my kids about money. I thought the school was going to do it, but surely maybe they'll teach them a little something. Maybe that's enough. But a lot of us parents are like, well, maybe I should supplement at home. And often there's not a lot of resources out there. And so tell us a little bit about that journey. Yes. So when I worked for the accounting firm that I was with, we had some volunteer days when we used to give back to community. And during those, I actually ended up participating in this program where I went to school to teach kids about money. And we were given a guide. And I would come from those days and I only did like maybe two or three days, like in random years. And my husband's comment was, I have never seen you happier coming home from work. He's like, you're glowing. And I would glow for days. Like I just love teaching. It's funny, actually. I think we all have gifts. I think one of my gifts is a teacher, being a teacher. Although I never, and I don't know why, I never considered going into teaching. I have no idea why, but I know I can teach. I know I can pick up, like if I'm losing my student, I know how to bring them back in and how to explain something in a way it can be understood. So just being in that classroom, I was on this like high. And so it kind of started off with that. And then I think I was growing unhappy at my work because of the situation that we were in, like with our little kids and the demands of that high profile job. And I remember just before I quit, at the time I was driving a used car and actually I still drive used cars and I've <laughs> drive cars for a very long period of time. But I remember my son, he was four or five, something like that, four, I think. And he said to me, mama, I would like you to get a new car. And I said, why? He's like, your car doesn't look very nice. And he was pointing towards pictures of Ferrari. And I thought, oh, this kid has absolutely no idea how much things cost or anything yeah. like that. And that's kind of like, as I said, I started looking into it. Okay, so what are you going to learn in school? Mm -hmm. And then I realized, okay, they won't learn much. And then I thought about the program that I volunteered for. And it was a great program. But what happened with that program was we would go into schools and we would be there from nine in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon. So we're teaching this class of, let's say, 20, 30 children, all these different financial literacy concepts. It is overwhelming. I was hoping that they would even remember one of those concepts. Right. So I was kind of thinking, I was like, oh, well, we need a program. We need something where it's not overwhelming. You're teaching concepts like one at a time and gives the kids time to digest mm -hmm. what you're teaching them and apply yes. it. And that's kind of how I started developing my program. And originally it was mm -hmm. more for my kids. And then I started expanding it. But when it comes to, I think you mentioned this just a few minutes ago when you said, Parents don't know where to start or what to teach or how to supplement it. I'm a firm believer that parents need to be involved because when it comes to money, almost like two layers of how we should be teaching money as like basic concepts, like, okay, how to do budgeting 101. It's like, this is the basics of budgeting. 
But then there's the second layer that cannot come from school or anybody else. The second layer needs to come from parents. And the second layer has to do with values and morals and our beliefs. So personal finance is personal. How we teach it will depend on what we believe in. Some people, like I'll give an example of our family, and this is not for anybody to like follow. This is just ours, but we're really big on traveling. We weren't big on traveling when we were paying off our debt, but now it's all about traveling, exploring different cultures. We spend a lot of money on travel. Is that right? Is that wrong? It works for us. And it doesn't matter who thinks what. Another family may be big on like, maybe donating, I don't know, 50% of their income. And that's okay. So, you know, it's like we need to teach the basics, which is something that the school should teach, I think. But the school should not implement their values or the teacher who's teaching it should not implement their values when they're teaching certain money concepts. So I always tell parents, like, one thing before even teaching kids about money, think about your values, because that will impact how we invest our money, how we spend our money. And for example, if we believe in, let's say, we care about our environment or social justice, we will invest in companies that care about our environment and social justice. We will buy products from companies that do the same. We will avoid spending money on products and services from companies that are do not implement some of these values that we care about. So it kind of all ties together. We'll get back to our conversation with Maya in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now, back to our chat 
with Maya Korbik. That's such a good call out. I think it's something that a lot of adults don't even think about is how their values and their morals and their goals tied to their spending habits. But kids pick these things up like, and they're observing. We were talking before the show how kids are always listening. And so it's so important to have those conversations. And I think that's such a good call out that yes, schools may get to a point where they teach the nuts and bolts of how budgeting and investing and saving, how that all works. But there's that layer, as you mentioned, that needs to be talked about and taught at home and as individual for each family and each child. So that's so, oh, I'm going to have that conversation with my kids tonight at the dinner table. That's <laughs> such a good call out. You started this path a while back. So now tell us these days, what does your business look like? Are you working with children and families and schools? And what are you seeing out there? It's really evolved a lot over the years. I mean, I've been doing this for over a decade. So originally it really started, like I built this curriculum and it was very extensive curriculum because as you know, I mean, financial literacy is a huge field. So we teach all sorts of stuff. And so I built curriculum for younger grades and older grades. And I started going into schools and teaching kids as young as kindergartens all the way up to grade 12, different financial literacy topics. And uh, this was prior to COVID. And I also, parent associations or parent councils used to hire me also to come in the evenings and speak to the parents, or I have actually still a workshop where I help parents design their own personal money teaching plans. And I have a workbook that I bring along. And so I used to do all this in person, which is a lot of fun. It was kind of hard on my family because sometimes I would travel, but it was a lot of fun because I love that in-person learning or teaching because I can really feel the energy in the room mm-hmm. and like really make sure I understand, like my audience understands what it is that I'm teaching. And then after that, the COVID happened, obviously. So that changed everything like for many businesses. So it really forced me to go more online because of COVID I ended up having this pretty strong social media presence on Instagram. So I provide a lot of free tips and information on Instagram. I go by teach.kids.money. There are a lot of impersonators out there. So just make sure if you follow, you follow (laughs) the right account. So it's teach.kids.money. Every day I try to post useful tip for something that can help parents take the financial literacy one step further with their kids. And then a lot of these workshops that I used to do in person, now I actually do online. So I actually have millionaire mindset workshops for children as well as for teens. And I teach those periodically throughout the year. And then the big thing that I actually just started doing about a year and a half ago I started my Wealthy Kids Investment Club. And the reason for that was because I actually realized that a lot of people are extremely intimidated by investing, investing in stock market. And they shouldn't be because there are ways to invest into stock market that are easy and safe, especially for somebody who's a long-term investor, which most of us generally are. A lot of times people think of investing as scary because there are different kinds of invest. There's different kinds of investing. They're day traders. These people sit in front of the computer all day long and they trade stocks and they can lose money. They can gain money. I actually had a friend who I remember one day he won $30,000, but then he also lost $50,000 of his parents' money a different day. So this is not the kind of investing that 
I teach, but I think it's really important for people who are intimidated by investing to understand that there are different kinds of investing. There's investing that you do, which is real estate investing, which can also be very safe if you know what you're doing. So the club that I started, it was originally meant for kids because I really passionately believe in teaching our children and just raising the next generation of money savvy kids. But then it was parents who started doing these lessons. And then they were like, this is amazing. We want to be part of this. So now it's become a family membership program. And it's basically each week I give them one lesson, like it's a short video lesson, 10 minutes with a workbook and a game that they can do online game where they can compete against other club members or their family members, but they're learning about investing. And I always tell them, I'm like, investing is kind of like this gigantic big puzzle and they're just getting pieces of this puzzle so that eventually it starts to make sense. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. All of that. I mean, last year we tried to, because we're passionate about this as well, and we've been trying to build up something on our own called Money Wise Kids, but very much in line with what you're talking about. And in fact, when we started Money Wise Kids, we were talking about how wouldn't it be cool if we could just, because parents are always talking about, I don't understand this real estate stuff and what's the process? What are the risks? We're like, if we could get to the kids and teach the kids... How cool would it be if the kids could tell their parents, mom, this is easy, dad, I got it. Like I understand it. And so we started down that path. We should definitely talk about how we can maybe collaborate and work together because I think a lot of what you're doing is so much in line with what we're passionate about and trying to bring to our audience as well. So, all right. Now with that, let's go ahead and transition. Let's dive in to the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round. We're going to ask you three questions we ask everybody. Maya, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. The first question is about your life and money. So share with us one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. I'm setting goals. And I know that sounds super simple, but I was very intentional at the end of last year to start of 2023 on the right foot because one big thing that I'm doing and I'm trying to really, really focus on, and you can't see it. I have another screen right here in front of me, but I have my daily non-negotiables. And those are the things that I want to make sure I hit every day or almost every day because those are the things that help me they make me feel better and they help me, they fuel me so that I can achieve my bigger goals and also be present there for for myself and for my family. And so like an example of something on those daily non-negotiables would be like working out or going on my daily walk or cooking a healthy meal for my family. If I'm not cooking that day, making sure that I cook the day before. So I have leftovers for that day. Another one, I'll just say one, one other one, family dinners. These are extremely important for me. This is when we get together as a family. This is when I learn about my kids' day, my husband's day. We discuss whatever it is that we're discussing. And it's really, life is crazy. Things are busy. We're going opposite directions. And sometimes it's like 15 minutes. That's all we have for a family dinner, but we do it because that is really important to me. And I made sure that my family knows this is really important to me, for me. So they do it. Yes. And I love the intentionality that you're talking about is thinking ahead of what is this life that I want and what are the components of it and how can I make those non-negotiable so that those are the priorities and everything else 
works around those, but those are my things that I make sure that I get done every day, or at least most days. And so I love that. I think you're right. It's simple, but it's powerful. Yeah. All right. Next question is around others, life and money. So what's one life or money hack that you can share with our audience? Something that maybe has really helped you on your journey that you think will help others as well. So the big one, and I actually posted about that on my Instagram stories today, is automating our finances. It's so simple, but it's crucial. And I actually shared today on my Instagram stories that just about a week ago, something happened with our checking account and our account was, it wasn't frozen, but it was put on hold. Anyway, we have our investments on automated. So every month, a certain amount of money is taken out of our checking account, put into investing. But because of this thing that happened, the money that was transferred into our investing account got transferred back into the checking account. So we ended up resolving this whole thing. And it was up to me for the past seven days to manually transfer this money into my investment account. And guess what? I didn't do it until today. Why? Because life happens. So if we can automate some of these things, whether it's paying off debt or saving or investing that money, or when my kids were little, I don't give them allowance anymore because they're teenagers, but when they were little, they would get allowance, automating that allowance so that it automatically goes into from my account into their account. And then from there, we would actually separate and automate a portion of their allowance to go directly into savings, which automatically also ended up getting invested. So all of these can be implemented and it saves you time, but also you don't worry about it. And you are planning for your financial future and for your own benefit down the road. Yes. And it's almost like what you're saying around goals too. It's like, once you have those goals, figure out how you can automate it. So you don't have to always be thinking about, okay, how do I do this thing today? Oh, it's that time of the week again. I got to do this thing, but really scheduling it in and automating it. I think that's genius. So you don't have to think about it. It frees you up to live your life. Exactly. All right. Final question is around the world. So what is one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place? Well, I'd like to think that my business and my courses, my Instagram page, which is available to everybody, it's got tons of free information. I also have a lot of freebies that I give. I'd like to think that that's helping make the world a better place, that it's helping Parents educate their children how to become money savvy so we can all raise financially literate adults. We're not, we're raising adults. We have children, we're raising adults. I really hope that these kids that are money savvy, that they can make choices that later on in life, like we don't have to be stuck at a job that they hate, but because they have money, they can choose to do something that they love and or their passion and enthusiasm into creating something that can benefit more people. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We talk about that all the time on our team as well is how can we empower people, more people to do what they were put here to do, what they're passionate about. And if everybody could just get to that place, man, what a different world it would be. Well, Maya, you've shared so much. And like I said, you have such an inspirational story and you're doing so much for others. And I know our listeners are going to want to follow up and learn more. So tell them what's the best place that they can go. 
Yes. So I actually, as I said, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is teach.kids.money and lots of free information there. But I also, if it's okay, I'd like to tell them about the promotion that I have. Yes, so if, do. Yeah. So if they're interested in learning how to invest and to be part of my Wealthy Kids Investment Club that teaches families how to successfully invest and create generational wealth, if they sign up for the club, I am giving everybody my course for free. It's the parent course on how to teach kids to become millionaires with all of its workbooks for parents and for kids. And the membership in the club is $8 per month. So essentially two Starbucks coffees. Really, my goal is to impact as many people as possible, to teach as many people as possible. So in order to sign up for the Wealthy Kids Investment Club, all they have to do is just go to wealthykids.club. It's not .com, so it's .club, wealthykids.club. They can register there. Once they register, if they can just give us 24 hours to send them the free course with all the workbooks and everything. And then they also have access to our private Facebook group where they can ask questions and connect with other community members and parents who are like-minded and want to learn and grow and build generational wealth. Oh my gosh. I love all that so much. What a fantastic resource. And so for all of our listeners, we'll have all of that information for you in the show notes. Maya Korbeck, CPA, mom, business owner, teacher, founder of Wealthy Kids Investment Club. Maya, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your story with us and our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a treat. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful, an intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 